1: Welcome back to Grey Malkin Lane, the podcast where queer friends gather to review and discuss the original X-Men comics from the 1960s. Last week we reviewed episode 11, The Triumph of Magneto, which frankly wasn't much of a triumph for Magneto. The X-Men faced the Stranger, who is a giant old man from space, and he ended up defeating the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants once and for all. Quicksilver and the Scarlet Witch quick Quit the team and moved to Europe. Mastermind was turned to stone, and Magneto and Toad were yanked into space where the stranger is keeping them captive on his ship. Now join us for our review of X-Men number 12, The Origin of Professor X. Uh, Joining me tonight are three of my friends, Heather, George Michael, and Colby. Uh, I'm going to have you guys introduce yourselves. Uh, Let us know what your pronouns are. And our question for this evening, I want to just hear who your three favorite X-Men villains of all time are. From any genre, it can be for nostalgia reasons, for whatever reasons float your boat. Just your three top favorite X-Men villains of all time.
0: My name is Heather, and my pronouns are she, her, hers, and... Nobody who knows me at all will be surprised that all three of my top favorite villains are women because they are Mystique, Scarlet Witch, who I know is a gray area, but she's been a villain thus far, and I'm going with it because I love her, and Emma Frost.
1: Ooh, excellent choices. All three of them have been members of the (laughs) X-Men. Well, Scarlet... No, never mind. Scarlet Witch is an Avenger, not an X-Man. I'm pretty sure that... Every villain has been a
2: member of the X-Men at some point. Yes, even the real evil ones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm Colby, he, him, his. Um, and my favorite villains, I actually had to look this up, guys. So, sorry, I'm not a super nerd about You're it. You're a Disney so. nerd, not an x I'm a Disney nerd. nerd. I'm not <laughs> super, yeah, I'm not super up to date with the comics. But I'm going to go with Magneto, Mystique. And Mister Sinister and him mostly because I like his name. I'm not really sure who he is yet. You should be him for Halloween. I think
3: you'd make a great Mister Sinister. He's very glam and he's very you. That's my stripper name, but yes. And I'm very surprised the Vanisher is not on your list.
2: He was, but he vanished. The Vanisher and the Stranger. Yeah, well, you know the Stranger. That's a different story. Hi, I'm George
3: Michael you can call me Mike most people do he him Uh, my three favorite X-Men villains would be I'm a big Magneto fan I've always been drawn to Magneto he's just so nuanced and complicated Uh, I love mr. sinister for the very reasons I just told Colby he should be mr. sinister for Halloween he's very glam very over the top and my third favorite X-Men villain would be Chuck Austin that's deep. <laughs> Chat got that. No one else probably got that. <laughs> no, go ahead and explain, Mike. Chuck Austin had a short-lived X-Men writing run in the early 2000s, which is ironic because the best part that came out of his run was his take on the Juggernaut. Hmm? who we'll be talking about tonight. Yes, exactly.
1: Yeah, Chuck Austin famously has one of the worst uh, or least popular runs on uh, X-Men of all time. But if you named a comics villain, who would be your third?
3: Oh, you made me actually choose one. I'd probably go with, I don't know, Emma's complicated. She's good and bad, I don't know. We do do love ourselves a white queen.
1: Uh, My name is Chad Anderson. Pronouns for me are he, him, his. And, uh, you know, any time you ask me, I've been reading comics for decades, I've read all of the books. uh, My answer would probably change given what I'm reading currently. So I'm going to do one current favorite and two classic favorites. Uh, So number three would be Apocalypse. He's a little overused, but the idea of him being able to turn characters into like super corrupt powered versions of themselves to create his four horsemen. Thrilled me as a teenager. I still think it's pretty great. Uh, Number two, here's my current answer, are uh, Nanny and the Orphan Maker who are being featured in the Hellions right now. She's a woman in an egg suit who murders parents (laughs) to save their babies and raise them herself. And the Orphan Maker is her her little toddler who's a mutant in a suit of armor. They're... Anyone under the right storyteller is amazing and they're amazing. Uh, My number one favorite of all time uh, is Sauron, uh, who is a fire-breathing, hypnotizing eyes pterodactyl man who we will meet much later in the original run. I think he's just so bizarre and he excites me every time he shows up. He's not just a pterodactyl man, he's a vampire pterodactyl man. A vampire fire-breathing pterodactyl. There was a bucket bucket (laughs) of (laughs) powers and they just drew some out of random
0: yeah (laughs) have you ever heard of the parody musical holy musical batman
3: i have not but that's right up my alley um
0: but at one point batman is talking to robin when they first meet and he's talking about how he chose his name batman he was like because you know i wanted to pick something that would strike fear and he was like so i chose something that scared me he goes i was going to be pterodactyl man but my first night out i realized the problem is i'm a huge bat but I'm a tiny pterodactyl.
1: <laughs> so when you
0: said pterodactyl, man. I'm like I'm a tiny pterodactyl. Now
1: we're on number twelve. Sauron's not in for like another forty issues or something, but we will get to him in this original run. I I, I really do love him very much, even though he's not a popular favorite. Uh, so tonight like we his get jorts. to what's that? I like his jorts. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. He does have jorts, much like the Hulk. Yeah, purple pants, always torn. Yeah, yes uh okay so we're gonna get into x-men number 12 tonight now just the title itself if you're reading on the original run is kind of exciting it's the origin of professor x who we've been waiting to uh learn more about across time we
2: uh, <laughs> okay, yes,
1: yes. We know <laughs> Professor X has a big old mansion. We know he's got lots of money. We have learned he lost the use of his legs in a battle with Lucifer, although we don't know how, but really his origins are rather mysterious. We don't even know his first name before this issue. serious? We don't. Nope, it's this is cool. our first time learning it. Uh, <laughs> his name is Charles. We learn it in this issue. Uh, if you guys think back to what you want to know about Professor X, assuming you haven't been reading future comics, Uh, You see this man who's training this team. What types of things would you want to know about him? One thing that shows up for me is why has he formed the X-Men? Why is it so important for him? Uh, And what is his history with Magneto? That's another one that would show up in my brain. What are things you might wonder about?
0: I mean, those two are the big ones, but it would also be interesting to hear about his battle with Lucifer that caused him to lose the use of his legs because that's such a big part of him. And so...
2: And I would be curious where he got all this money from. Like, that has not been explained yet. Yes.
3: Which we will learn in this issue, kind of. That's and I'd of. be curious how he got those amazing eyebrows. <laughs> he is waxed and vexed.
1: And how? <laughs> uh, I, think so, I think they were threaded. And you've got to be wondering how he became such a dick.
0: I mean, that is always the question <laughs> in my heart of hearts is why... Professor Charles Xavier is such a... And I
1: think you <laughs> get Because he was a too. rich, privileged white kid, that's why. And he's a telepath, and power corrupts. I think that could be part of it. He knows too much. Uh, side note before we delve in. the uh, This is not going to come out until like a month after we record this, but the Black Widow movie just came out. Did you guys all have a chance to see it? It was really yes. amazing.
0: I loved it so much. It was very much a Heather movie.
1: <sighs> there were some plot holes, well, but yes. wonderfully done
0: my partner fan. did point out a few of the plot holes but he was like but overall it was just it was a good movie <laughs>
3: yeah, very girl power i needed it this is what it's nice to get into a theater and see a marvel movie again like i wish it would have come out five years ago but and, when it was supposed to when it was and
1: supposed florence to.
0: pugh was the best part of that whole fucking movie
1: you know having seen her in that and little women now i'm a big fan i think she's kind of amazing mm, oh yes mm, yes, <laughs> yes no i'm a i'm a fan uh, yeah, it was really fun, and uh, obscure villains are always fun too. So seeing them, like bring obscure characters into that movie, was fantastic.
0: And she's dating Zach Braff, and he had like a commissioned portrait done of her character in Black Widow.
1: Florence Pugh is dating Zach Braff. Yes,
0: she is. How well, does so, that guy Shazam get
1: her?
3: And Black not, Widow. Not Shazam. Oh, isn't Zach Braff?
0: No. I, like
3: the Scrubs guy.
0: Yeah.
3: Oh, Zach Braff. Mm-hmm. Never mind. I'm thinking of uh, what's the bucket? Zachary Levy. Levi. Yeah. 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 Nope. Yeah. No, Zach. Different Dattler. guy. Same Zach. <laughs> A different They're
1: Zach. both Zachs. Way lankier, way dopier. Okay. <laughs> They're both lanky dopeier and dopey. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so X-Men number 12. Uh, uh, when we look at the cover... Uh, we have The Origin of Professor X featuring the almost indescribable menace of the juggernaut. They really do love they, that word. indescribable. They, but they don't then. describe him really much.
3: In they don't. He's indescribable. He's, <laughs> He's nearly indescribable. Yes.
0: That, that is the job of a writer is to describe the.
3: That's why they drew a picture though. Yeah. Well they didn't. <laughs> tell me. They don't really draw a picture. It's able. just the backside. Yeah. Yeah. We don't see him till the very He's end of the issue laps. which is
1: commendable. There's a lot of suspense building
3: in this yeah, issue. No, yeah. I, I commend that. This is probably the most suspense. Like, I'm surprised for the 60s how suspense this issue is. So uh, when I was a kid,
1: we would play a game. Oh, who am I kidding? I'll still play it with my children sometime. Where you like open a magazine to random photos and you assume that someone farted right before the photo was taken. I do this all the time. It's a fun little game to play. <laughs> Try it sometime.
0: I've never I am it. missing out.
1: But you have to look at the cover here and just presume that Juggernaut just ripped a big one. Oh, and now notice all the color. shredded steel. Notice all of the X-Men and reacting. And the building apart.
2: Yeah.
3: <laughs> Charles is shielding his nose. Jean is covering her ears because oh that's how you smell. <laughs> yes. Everyone is horrified. Beast's mouth Drop is backwards. wide open. He is getting a mouthful of that. <laughs> oh
1: Cyclops God. is reaching out for more.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh. Okay, so we open the issue and the X-Men carried over from last issue. The the Cerebro machine has just uh, gone off with a huge panic alert. Professor X is warning them it's the biggest threat they've ever faced uh, by the way, he, uh, Iceman describes the noise coming from Cerebro as blood curdling. I hate that <laughs> phrase, that term so much, blood curdling. The idea of I, curdled blood just grosses I, me out. I, I worked in dialysis for 16
3: years. Oh, this is I've true. seen curdled blood. And it's gross. Oh. Have you made pancakes? No. Never.
0: Why? Why? Yeah, no, that comment was
1: unnecessary. <laughs>
0: that was so unnecessary. My dad
1: used to make blood pancakes. That was the what? thing. That's the thing. It's like a German delicacy or okay. something. I don't know, something crazy. Uh, blood sausages type of shit?
0: Sure, thing yeah, yeah. Man.
1: But like blood pancakes. And it's like okay, a stab. But Do you put. Blood. Say, like, syrup on? It looks like, it looks a, like scab. a scab. Scab? Yeah.
2: Ew. Chad. You're. Eject scary. right here. <laughs> hey, anyway, so a Blood blood.
1: this rewind. <laughs> yeah. Cerebro is giving off an extraordinarily obnoxious re sound, and I'm picturing uh, one of my children making that noise <laughs> and beginning uh, quite frustrated the x-men are worried uh and upset uh professor x is is indicating things are very serious right now the most deadly
3: threat we've ever faced he says and cyclops is most upset because now everyone else knows about their little secret
0: and see, I don't, they broke I up they the cerebros group cerebro. mm-hmm. you,
3: you know there actually is a previous cerebros. issue where they're told about cerebro that's
0: what i thought so they're like Nobody knows about Cerebro. I'm like, are you sure? I thought they knew about Cerebro.
1: I think Cyclops is just reminding them that he knows more than they do. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. That he's, he and Chuck are special
2: friends. Mm-hmm.
0: They're in a circle of trust. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: Circle of something.
2: What was that called? Uh, so I was going to say, just as I was reading this, something that caught my eye in this particular issue is Iceman, the particular words that they used here. So... He says, there's some sort of electronic apparatus secreted within, talking about the desk. And I was like, is secreted the right word? Things usually secrete without.
0: like, secreted.
2: Oh, sorry.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Also, that's Beast, not Iceman.
2: No. Oh, you're right, you're, you're right. Not I'm not in like the wrong thought bubble. I'm totally missing this. <laughs> you oh, I did. I really screwed. Cut that out. Someone, <laughs> someone get Colby
1: some more wine. <laughs> Secrete okay, it within his glass. <laughs> <laughs> but
0: yeah, so it's secreted within it.
2: Okay, that makes a little more sense, <laughs> but it's still a little bit. I mean, odd. i was not
0: saying that it's phrased as well as it could be, but that is. What yes. It's
1: to so, still on page one, the irony of Professor X and the hypocrisy of Professor X saying there can be no more secrets between us now <laughs> is just <laughs> Until ridiculous.
0: Until I have something else I don't want to tell you because Charles is a dick. So, special plug: <laughs> we're going to
1: be releasing relatively soon a trial of Professor Xavier podcast, in which we will discuss many of the secrets he is keeping from these x-men including the se- like secrets. changing their own memories <laughs> yes his own
3: secrets the secrete the secrets, secrets out <laughs> we'll be secreting all the secrets out of charles xavier's <laughs> special episode stay tuned
1: you're um, welcome guys <laughs> reading the credits in the bottom corner because i always think this is fun stupefying story by stan lee spectacular layouts by jack kirby slam bang penciling by alex toff uh, so we have a new yeah. penciler here, yes, penciler. Uh, sensational inking by Vince Coletta and the usual lettering by Sam Rosen. Also, it says "kibitzing" by the whole Blame bullpen. So something in the '60s that they love to do is call themselves the bullpen, all the men and women working in the Marvel office. You see that in a lot of well, the old. They do old that like police stations
0: too.
2: What, what exactly is convinced?
0: kibitzing?
1: Kibitzing, uh, like exactly fussing, like you fussings. <laughs> It does not involve secretion, so you're likely not (laughs) interested. It's like...
3: It might. (laughs) (laughs) Like...
0: I'm convincing
3: over here. <laughs> it was so hot today. I was convincing all over the place. Yes, I, I don't truly really know the
1: actual definition yeah. of convincing, but still, it's how fantastic. You get blood pancakes, though, for whatever convinces. We that. are I mean, not talking know.
0: about that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Heather,
1: Moving you're so on. upset. Uh, so Cerebro's job is, in to indi- is to indicate when there's a mutant threat, and Juggernaut is not a mutant. So like Professor X must have like put a special sensor for when Juggernaut was eventually going to come attack yeah. him. Well, he He's not seen him in like happens, thirty so that
3: years or so, but. Me.
1: Or maybe he wanted some attention, and he just like pushed a button that would make Cerebro scream. <laughs> it's an annoying but sound <laughs> button.
0: He talks about how he he's like, it's never reacted like this, and he acts like he's all shocked, and then he's like, but I know exactly who it is, and it's like, Kate, okay, then why are you surprised it's reacting? like True. <laughs> like
1: this? Also, also Cerebro detected the stranger in the last issue, yeah. and he was not a mutant. Exactly. So I
2: don't exactly. know how it works. Did it
3: have a stranger danger alert? Uh, yes, it's basically.
2: A
0: it was a small kindergarten child who just
3: switched out straight
1: through Oof, it was the like landlady, the <laughs> remember the landlady? <laughs> no. yes. uh, so we get into the issue, Professor X has decided that he needs to have the X-Men, without explanation, prepare special defenses all around the mansion.
0: He never explains anything.
1: Which is smart, but he has why enough- are,
2: f- Why are there not defenses to begin with? I think there probably are. They have the steel door, but they, don't but they need games. extra defenses. Yeah, like.
1: The X-Men rush out, Iceman builds some ice walls, Cyclops blasts some tunnels, which then Beast layers with uh, electric wires, and Jean drops branches on top. Which, which is Which they'll hilarious. never Sweet. fall
3: yeah. for, this he's, giant he's line like, of branches.
0: We have, to, we have to make it so he, they never suspect that it's a booby trap. I'm like, it's a fucking trench with like leaves and sticks in it. Everyone <laughs> yeah. knows it's a booby they'll
1: trap. They'll never fall for that one. <laughs> and then Cyclops hollows out some logs that they can drop grenades and gas bombs into, which is just weird yeah, but why not just dig a hole it like... says <laughs> they have powers and they need to use them also that makes t- that takes some precision to like perfectly blast a hole through dozens of logs He's but luckily they had good. the logs ready
0: it's funny because I just watched Kingsman and the second Kingsman this past weekend and so that's kind of remind me of the shenanigans that they do to defeat but, people
3: do you mean like, the kibitzing? no The. Do they kibitz pulling out the
0: logs and putting grenades in them
3: that's the definition of kibitzing, to hollow out a log yes. and
0: drop the grenade in. <laughs> oh, also, I, I, I- think some people might disagree with you.
3: <laughs> so I noticed they use uh, with Jean, I know it's come up in previous previous episode before, but they talk about Jean teleporting things. Yeah. I wonder if this is kind of before teleporting what we understand it as now, because she's with her brain transporting something, Have been like an early Stanley way of saying she's telepath or telekinetically transporting
1: something. I think it was just a writer mistake. In that particular issue, we had a telepath and a teleporter Mm -hmm. because the Vanisher teleports and they call it teleporting. And then Gene's regularly called telekinetic. So I think he just got his words mixed up. Yeah, because we did have a teleporter in that very issue. And that's why it was baffling. In fact, I remember Taylor saying in the podcast, we have a telepathic tele. Portatic and a telekinetic, <laughs> and it made me laugh. Uh, so Professor X has decided to come clean with the X Men. He has a brother. And boy, oh, does he ever me. come clean! Quote well, unquote. Well,
0: well. Yeah,
1: he monologues and All monologues an time. And he also he's he's eerily conjuring like green and red mist to describe his origins. Okay, so side note into history uh, on July fourteenth, nineteen forty-five in the Alamogordo Desert is when they first detonated the atom bomb, which was then used to end World War II with uh, Nagasaki and Hiroshima. So we have ties into history, which is problematic because of the sliding time scale. Do you remember how like Professor X, if he was actually born in the 40s, would now be like 85 or something, which I suppose is possible because mutants can age at different rates as humans. But and
0: he's also old as fuck.
1: So. Yeah, yeah. And he's been like killed and resurrected a bunch of times and cloned and things. Anyway, he uh, he talks about his parents. So prior to this, we've only met Jean Gray's parents in the comic. Uh, we met John and Elaine a few issues back. Now we learn about Brian and Sharon Xavier. Uh, Brian Xavier, we will learn in future issues. He's not a major character, but he's working on this secret atom bomb project at Alamogordo alongside other scientists, which will later feature kind of minorly into X-Men history, uh, including Carter Riking and a woman named the Black Womb. And uh, Mr. Sinister is involved as well, kind of behind the scenes uh and uh brian xavier is killed somehow in the bomb blast uh leaving his widow sharon xavier uh behind with his little cute blonde boy uh charles uh sharon is at the graveside of brian mourning and she's being creepily hit on by brian's work friend <laughs> uh dr kurt marco uh, so tell me some of your thoughts as we delve into this origin story a lot is dumped kind of all at once
0: like it's really, really obvious what Marco is trying to do. Like, right off the bat, he's like, mm, "Sharon, let me comfort you in your time of
2: need."
1: <laughs> you can tell he's a bad guy because he has a thinning hairline and a yes. Goatee. goatee. Yes, yes, mostly goatee.
2: Hey.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Well, and
1: then you don't he, have a
3: goatee. You know, true. his
0: true self comes out later, and when that happened, I wrote down. I said, "Jesus, fuck, computers really can't stay hidden."
2: <laughs> yeah, it doesn't take him long to show well, his true colors. Well, so the other thing is, like, she only dates him for like a few months supposedly, and then they just he get convinces married.
0: her that Charles needs a father figure in his life, and so she marries him. And he reluctantly they...
2: agrees to move into their giant Bandico? mansion. <laughs> yeah, like
0: doesn't mention anything about his kid.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he just like randomly appears later on, like after the mother's dead, I think.
1: So, Kurt, I mean, just kidding. Kurt Marco was married to a woman named Marjorie. They have a son named Cain, which-
0: Why would you name a child Cain? Because
1: <laughs> Damien was taken. The other one was Abel. <laughs> you can name him Cain because you're able to. <laughs> oh, no. oh. I was
0: told that I should name my Cain Abel.
1: Do you have a cane I like do. that you walk with?
0: Yes. Oh. And so my friend was like, you should name it Abel. Okay.
1: Because it makes you able to walk. Oh, I'm done with that <laughs> joke now, I promise. <laughs> yes, please. Uh,
0: so,
1: <laughs> uh, so Dr. Dr uh, Brian Xavier is now dead. He's left his family fortune behind to his wife and son, but it is now being taken over by his work colleague who has married his wife. So it's very Shakespearean somehow, like all of this.
0: Very, mm-hmm. yeah.
1: We don't know exactly yes. where they get the money, but we learned that the Xaviers have a lot of money, which shows up in Charles' life later, clearly. He's got this big mansion and all these helicopters, right?
0: So many helicopters.
1: What do you think of
3: little blonde Charles <laughs> Xavier?
0: He's...
3: He's still got the eyebrows.
0: <laughs> he's real cute and small and doesn't know anything about life.
2: And that <laughs> hair, let me say. He looks pissed.
1: He's just watching everybody. Now, he says he doesn't realize it till later, but he's already able to sense people's thoughts, even as a child. For many mutants, their powers don't develop until their adolescence.
0: But he talks about that, where his powers come from. Like, they're not, quote, natural powers. It's because of the radiation that her, his parents were exposed to.
1: So Stan likes to do that in some of the early issues with some of the mutants. Like here's the reason you're a mutant because you had this radiation exposure to your parents. That's them.
3: Isn't there a
0: gene? Isn't that yes. what makes the mutants? Yeah, early
3: on a lot of the X-Men's origins were because their parents were adjacent to something <laughs> radioactive. And not okay. just not just in the
1: X Men. There's characters like nekra and the Mandrill who are also mutants in other series. Who again, same thing. But like,
0: genuinely, how often are people exposed to radioactive material
3: in the Marvel universe? Cause constantly. <laughs>
1: I, you'll never get to meet them, by the way. This is a, a total sidestep, but Nikra Heather is a albino vampire woman who wears a tiny bikini I love this and so gets more powerful the more she hates you. And the <laughs> I'm man so obsessed.
0: We sounds stare. like every
1: twink ever. And
2: <laughs>
1: including yourself. Yeah. And the Mandrel has he looks like a literal monkey, and his power is to control women with his voice. I don't like that. He's very creepy. <laughs> He's kind of a he's he's a delicious terrible villain, uh, <laughs> uh, kind of amazing. Okay, so uh, Doctor Kurt Marco moves into the Xavier's house. Uh, he Those very quickly. Science. It <laughs> a <does> random science. <laughs> it's not explained, yes. but he's Scientist. very busy with science. And he leaves beakers of explosive liquids laying around. Uh, do. And he starts getting abusive. Now, this sings to me a little bit. I'm a therapist, but my mom divorced my dad when I was a kid. She married a guy who turned out to be abusive. So I feel for little Charles a little bit. Uh, it's not easy to have this guy come into your life. Uh, but he gets very mean very quickly. And we will learn in later comics that Sharon becomes an alcoholic as a result and quickly dies, although we don't know exactly how.
2: Sad. alcohol. (laughs) Alcohol poisoning. Or Or a a broken heart. Abuse or a broken heart.
0: (laughs) Or all of it, all of the above. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Uh, Dr. Marco's son, Kane, is expelled from boarding school because he wants to be. (laughs) And that's
0: not how that works. <laughs> I've worked in schools. <laughs> it takes a lot to get expelled.
1: He gets there. He is the literal red, redheaded stepchild. And what is and his. He is not good looking, by the way. <laughs> what is his first reaction with uh, or his first interaction with Charles? Like,
0: get out of my way, stepbrother.
1: He holds his hand out and says, look at my hand. I'll show you a trick. And then he whaps him in the face. He swacks him in the face, actually. <laughs> Which is kind of amazing. Although I don't like bullies. Uh, we cut back to the X-Men who are, Professor X is like, let's just see if Cerebro is still acting up. And he turns the machine on. I was like, Whee! all over again, like Juggernaut's getting closer. Does it not have a volume button?
2: Yeah, <laughs> right. Can
3: I not just turn it down just a little
1: bit? The louder it gets, the closer it gets, unless you're Blob in the carnival, yes. then Cerebro doesn't interact with you at That's all. the giraffes. They throw it off. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> We see, uh, we see Juggernaut, uh, well, we don't he see. We hear about Juggernaut bursting through the first trap outside, which is the giant ice wall. Uh, the walls in the building start to shake. And Heather, tell us, tells us, tells us what happens to Jean Grey here.
0: Oh, she falls to the floor and a chandelier starts to fall on her and Bobby saves her with an ice tunnel. Because she's not telekinetic, it's fine. And
1: the sound the chandelier makes as it hits the ice is clack.
3: <laughs> like the I'm sound just... effects in this are just amazing. So as 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 uh, Juggernaut breaking <laughs> through the ice wall, the sound effect is crackable rumble. <laughs> and later on, we got boom. Oh, we have a womb crack. Uh, I saw that once. The womb crack. Ooh. Oh, that was a little. <laughs> I do not recommend. Yeah. Oof. no
1: <laughs> uh, okay, <moving> on. <laughs> so the, the the ice tunnel has been uh, pummeled, but luckily he's uh, waiting. Juggernauts showing off. So, Professor X has time to continue
3: his monologue.
0: He takes forever to uh, tell the story, considering that Kane is right outside and they know The notice.
3: X-Men are like, quickly, really, let's let's act and do something. And He's like, no, no, like, let me, let me ramble on for story. a while. I'm going to
0: keep talking. And, oh, we can hear him breaking through all our defenses, but I'm going to keep telling the story as slowly as fucking possible.
2: Well, and he keeps saying, hopefully I have time to finish my story.
1: <laughs> as as I
0: Summarize it, Chuck.
1: I mean, this is just in conversation. Conversation. But as a therapist, sometimes I'll like have a client and I'll ask a question like, how are you? And then they will just talk for a whole hour. And it's about their garage door opener and what they had for lunch yesterday and how they ran out of sugar. And it goes on and on. Professor X is that kind of storyteller. You guys know the type like oh. you, you lose interest long before they're <laughs> done. And it's my job to like maintain interest. And it is not always easy Realities of therapy, folks. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so we get back to the story. Uh, What happens next?
0: Is this before or after his mother dies?
3: Oh, Oh, that's the story story. (laughs) I'm feeling a little without it. It wasn't (laughs) long before my heartbroken mother shut her eyes for the last time. So, yes, that's the point where she dies.
1: Joining her first husband, my, my father, father forever. <laughs> uh, so.
0: He's so dramatic.
1: Professor X is quickly, or tr- young Charles, is quickly realizing that this guy's after his money. Kane wants money, and Kurt's like, no, you'll earn it yourself. And Kane exp- uh, threatens to blackmail or expose his father.
0: <laughs> and he's like, no, you shut up. And Charles comes in. He's like, I already heard it.
1: <laughs> You're too late! I heard him. Uh, Kane reacts by grabbing some random beakers full of explosive liquids, throwing them across the room.
0: As everyone has, like in their house. I but mean, he's, he's like just a mad
1: scientist. On his right? pop rocks. Yes, pop rocks <laughs> recipes. <laughs> he's he's <laughs> building homemade pop rocks, uh, but it explodes, and what happens?
0: Fire.
2: And uh, what's his name, Johnny? Say? And but Mr. In, Marco. In the only
0: out. selfless deed of his entire life, saves the boys before he dies.
3: And then he confesses, "I didn't kill your father, but, but, he, but he I didn't save him. him either. But I could have saved Forgive him." Forgive me. <laughs> I feel like there's
2: he's
1: more like, like, stories.
2: Like, oh, <laughs>
1: P.S. As <laughs> I'm dying, <laughs> your stepbrother
3: <laughs> is a jerk. Yeah. Stay away from him. <laughs> also, I know you've got a power. Wink. Also, There's a lot of messages in his last words. Yeah, we also, yeah, and we also get the on. last dying sound. So here's the last, beware
1: of Kane when he finds out about your power. Uh, like, there's his dying sound. <laughs> it was is that. Oh. Yes. It's an, uh. I thought it, I thought it was a, uh. Yes, perhaps. <laughs> Charles reacts by saying, Power?
3: Oh yeah, you did. <laughs> what?
1: <color? laughs> uh, this picture of Jean on the next page,
3: I she looks like a cocker spaniel.
1: It's yeah, it's like a little <laughs> Princess Leia, but also a little bit puppy. Yeah, I, uh, mm, that's an it's, it's unfortunate look.
3: Looks like a toy dog that you know girls can brush their ears because they're fluffy.
1: So suspense back to the mansion. Juggernaut has
3: hit the electric shields. The
0: hidden boobies we, we don't know
3: if he fell for the branches or not <laughs> yes i assume he just
1: stepped on the branches oh. uh but yeah he we still don't see him but he's just tearing through it the x-men are very distressed and once again professor x turns on cerebro just to see if he's still being threatened <laughs> as Wee! they look at him
3: outside the window, <laughs> yes
1: they can see him <laughs> they wanted to be sure but uh, it's holding him back for now. So we have time for more, more story. But he also puts on some safety goggles <laughs> to turn on Cerebral. <laughs> <laughs> Which he didn't do before, but somehow it's needed here. Yes.
3: Oh, now I... I get time to tell you the whole
1: story. The sound waves are like hitting his eyeballs, yeah. you know? It's so bright. <laughs> uh, so we learned that Professor X, uh, his teens, uh, in his teens, his power continued to manifest. And, and losing his hair. His hair.
2: <laughs> Well, He's
1: bald, so bald
2: people apparently are smart. So yes.
1: baldness is his secondary mutation, yeah. apparently. The more telepathic you become, the more
2: bald you get. Or is it the radiation that made him bald? Maybe both.
0: So like, then why does Jean never go bald?
2: I mean, her powers knows. don't make her go bald, but
3: his do. Well, she's also telekinetic, so she can hold that hair <laughs> in.
0: She can hold it in by the root? It's like a, it's a cable later that.
3: on, like she's Cables constantly using his powers to fight back a virus. <laughs> the technology virus. is constantly <laughs> using her powers to hold her hair on her head. She'd be so much more powerful if she just <laughs> let go and go bald. How? Just let it go. How else would her poodle tails have those perfect poofs? <laughs> she could wear
1: a wig. It'd be fine. <laughs> Maybe it is a wig. I mean, we don't know. Uh so Charles is using and to be fair. I know plenty of men who went bald in their teens. Well, sure.
3: Right, like that. But the so just the
0: way he phrases Maybe. it. It's like Okay, why was it that your power made you go bald? That
3: doesn't. He matter. just wanted it. Like this is why I'm bald, guys. <laughs> it's because of the powers.
1: There's, yeah, he's a little insecure, isn't he? Yeah. He's like,
3: and that's what made me go bald.
0: I, I'm not as old as I look. Wink, wink, Gene.
2: <laughs> oh.
1: <laughs> yeah. uh, young Charles is learning how to use his powers again in this like trial episode. We're going to talk about what it would be like to have telepathy. But he can read his teacher's minds. He can jump on the sports field and see the other players' actions before they make them. Uh, this image of him running uh, <laughs> is giving me so much life. He is like leg up, leg Ooh, old fancy like little fancy pants shorts, shorts. Charles yeah. likes short, short. Jugger- <laughs> like juggernaut shorts. Juggernaut also likes short shorts. But we're gonna get to that a little later. Yes. Uh, what would what would it be like for you guys if you consider back to your like fourteen, fifteen, sixteen year old years if you could read minds?
0: i wouldn't want to 14 15 16 year olds they they've got issues man i would not want to read everyone's mind at that age yeah at any age really but i
2: i would be worried that other people would be able to read my mind and they probably don't want to know what's going on oh i certainly do not i mean let's be honest i have the dirtiest mind here you definitely (laughs) definitely do (laughs) I filter it. <laughs>
1: I, I don't know. So I'm going to take a moment of sympathy for Professor X. If this is all we know about him, his father has died. His mother has died. His stepfather has died. And he now realizes he has tele- telepathy. So he may be rich, but it would be hard not to, frankly, become a supervillain at that point. Like you yes. would just want to use your like Lex
0: Luthor powers
1: story. to make everything easy. Yeah. And Lex Luthor's
2: bald, too. Yeah. Yeah. And rich. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So to be a superhero, you have to be rich? No, super a, villain. Or, oh, just a super villain. Okay. Yeah, we, makes I was going to say Batman, but he's basically a super villain. He just runs
3: around beaten mm-hmm. up mentally. <laughs> he's a
1: morally complicated vigilante. Yes.
0: <laughs> but yeah, and so Charles is bringing him all these trophies, and he's like, I have all these trophies. And Kate's like, mm, not a fan. <laughs>
1: he has so many trophies. It's like he's been competing in the balls... <laughs> Uh, I've been watching like Pose and Legendary <laughs> lately, so he's got all the trophies from all the balls. Uh, and Kane is not having it. He is gonna knock everything down and beat it up and destroy all the trophies with a sock and a walk.
2: <laughs> yeah, those are the sound the effects. Thac. There's a thack, yeah. Oh, don't forget the thack.
1: Uh, and Professor X responds with a telepathic judo chop. <laughs> yep.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Brought
2: to the neck.
1: So I interaction figure. With I just wanna... to chop. <laughs> With with bald kung fu chop action. (laughs) I just want to point out, Juggernaut is still, like, attacking the mansion. It's the direst threat. But he wants the X-Men to know that
3: his trophies got destroyed. This is why he's such a bad guy. He ruined all my trophies, guys. (laughs) This really hurt my feelings. And then I... Especially because
0: this has nothing to do with how Kane became Juggernaut. Literally...
3: Like, there's no Reader's Digest version of this story. You're getting everything. There's a novel. In the next this. part of the story, they go to ice cream. And the juggernaut... <laughs> they do not. ...bop his ice cream on the ground, so he took Charles's and hers. <laughs> and then one time, he stole my
1: girlfriend. And another time... Uh, Charles, come out of the bitter barn and play in the hay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, For on
0: the hay might be what he
2: Yes, I think
1: so. <laughs> Professor X is still, we're back in the future, but he still has more time to tell his story, if I only have time. He tells
3: another story that about... has nothing to do with anything. Yes, tell us what happens next. So uh, so they're driving in a car recklessly. Kane decides, I'm going to take Chuck to school for college because I'm a good dude, and he's driving recklessly. And then they almost swerve off the road, and then the fact they do, they go through a barrier... And Charles lets Marco jump out of the car and then they fall off a cliff and somehow Professor Xavier has telepathic shielding. <laughs> and then everyone's like, hey, is that how you lost your legs? He's like, no, this story had nothing to do with anything. <laughs> That's exactly
2: a good summary.
1: I don't buy this story. So we we are led to believe that Kurt or, or Juggernaut uh, is, is it, trying to make... So he, he says, you're better in sports, you're better in studies, you're better at everything. But now, since I'm driving this car on a crazy road, like, I can make you get scared and then you'll tell me that I'm better than you. Oh, you're going you're gonna to be afraid. Uh, and the car crashes. And we're led to believe that not only did Professor X save Kane, but then he, like, almost died. But then his brain created a mental shield around him. That's not how telepathy works.
0: It's not how science works.
1: I think, like, did he, was he, this was this a drunk driving accident, and he just wants to, like, cover for himself. I, mm, So you
3: think that Charles was drunk and driving came to college.
1: I do not believe. This story, out of all the rest of his origin, this story makes no sense. Yeah.
3: It has nothing to do with anything. It, mm, yeah. Oof. Any thoughts? Big oof. Then the next one is the time that they go to the fair together. And... They're doing that, swing the mallet and hit the hit the thing and see how strong you are. And Charles was really stronger than Kane, and Kane got jealous and threw his cotton candy on the ground.
0: And so they went on the Ferris wheel, and Kane like unbuckled the thing when they were at the very top to try to scare Charles.
1: But Charles was really stronger and cooler. So, so. so we'll note in a minute. A lot of stories
3: that have nothing to do with anything.
1: We'll note in a minute how much exposition has been put into like, here's my parents, which is an important part of the sure. story. And here's this jerky brother who like really hates me. But then we get like two panels for how Kane becomes the Juggernaut. We'll get to that in a second. But, but- also
0: I thought, like as I was reading it, I thought like whenever Kane threw all the explosive material around us, like is this when he gets his powers? But
3: no. Yeah. That's not <laughs> nope. Nope. <laughs> exactly. That's how I thought they were gonna reveal that Kane got his powers of explosion, but nope, that's not it. And that's I mean, how they, I thought they were gonna reveal that that's how Professor X lost his walking. But nope, that wasn't it. <laughs> then Kane's there's more defenses. to the story. He
0: gets to the hollowed out logs because the electric whatever did nothing to stop him. So all the sleeping grenades are coming out of the hollowed out logs and it doesn't affect him either. Because nothing can stop.
1: We have grenades going off. We have, uh, they're out of, out of the logs, yes. And then we have the the sleeping guest, which is exiting the logs with a whoosh, because you know, like, that's what gas does. Yeah. Whooshes. It's a, There's a whoosh, Colby knows generally. Whooshes. Colby's very familiar with whooshes. <laughs> right,
3: Colby? Well, we're starting to get a glimpse of hey, Juggernaut. He's less of an stories. outline and more, there's more details. You're seeing his short shorts. <laughs> yep, yep, we're getting yes. a little bit more visual, but
1: Professor X still has a little more time for He's the like, story. Oh. You hasn't smashed us yet.
3: We
2: can tell more <laughs> stories. Hold on, that's the last defense we had, but hold on. Oh, there's right. more. <laughs> Let me tell
3: you the real meat of the story, finally. This is like an info commercial, you know? But wait, but
1: wait there's more. more. Okay, so I'm going to take time to read this part, and then we got to have a little nerd dive for a second. The last, the Professor X in a word bubble, the last time I ever saw him, meaning Kane, was in Asia during the Korean War. We had been serving together until the day, Kane, the day that Kane deserted and Under Fire. Now, if you're going, this was written in the 60s, right? We've set Alamogordo, the the atom bomb has 20 years before. Charles Xavier went to school and then he enlists in the Korean War, which was in the 1950s. So that makes sense given the time. But part of the complications of the Marvel sliding time scale is we want to assume Professor X is only like 40 years old, which means this stuff would have happened in the 80s, which is past when the Korean War would have taken place. So Marvel has had to retroactively do things. So one example, Fantastic Four number one, the big premise of the the issue is that the Fantastic Four are trying to launch a rocket into space first. And they do. But we later learn, of course, that the Russians launch into space and then the Americans land on the moon. And as you slide the timescale farther and farther in the future, Fantastic Four, one number one gets less and less impressive <laughs> because people have been on the moon for decades. So they've like retold it as this was like this space flight to like explore other dimensions and like it was a race to finish. So in this case, Marvel has created a conflict called the Sin-Kong conflict, which is a a, a made up country in Asia. And all of the stories about the Punisher and Professor X and Juggernaut in the Korean or Vietnam War have been kind of slid forward in time to this Sin-Kong conflict, which can, yeah, the Korean and and Vietnamese war, which uh, which can slide forward in time to whenever they need it to be. So in 60 years, when the comics are still being told and only like 50 years are supposed to have passed, they can just slide the Sincon conf- conflict up forward. And then the Korean War can still have taken place in the 1950s and the Vietnam War in the 60s, et cetera, et cetera. So kind of an interesting thing. Uh, but what happens once they've uh, enlisted in the war? We have just like four panels of them in the conflict. And what takes place?
0: Then Kane runs away and Charles says, Kane, come back, even though I don't know why, because.
1: He wants to go hide in a cave. He's scared of con- I know, combat. But I, I
0: don't know why Charles is like, Cain. Because, like, they're not close.
1: Yeah. yeah. He doesn't want him to be court-martialed or something. Know, like, why? Would have been like, bomb
2: that cave. <laughs>
1: <game." laughs> and Cain just so happens to come across the sacred lost temple of Citroërk, which Obviously. Charles knows all about
3: somehow.
0: He probably did his research after the
1: fact. Yeah, I'm guessing it's after the fact as well. There's a ruby in the in the uh, in the cave in the temple. It's just sitting on this little platform in front of kind of a, like a crimson idol, and it says, "quote Whosoever touches this gem shall possess the power of the crimson bands of Cytarac. Henceforth, you sh- you who read these words shall become forevermore a human juggernaut." Ba-ba-ba-bum. Which is very reminiscent of Thor's hammer, frankly. <laughs> uh, do you guys wish you could find the ruby of Cytarac? Yes. Would it would it make into pretty jewelry? Yeah. Probably, <laughs> but you have to dress like the juggernaut. Oh, I'm down. Well, mm.
3: If I look Heart like the juggernaut, I could rock that. Hard pass.
1: <laughs> you don't want the yes. Yeah. Uh, so. Sisrak has previously been mentioned in another
3: book, and we'll learn more about him later. Yeah, I was
1: gonna ask, did Doctor
3: Strange did the mentioning of this come first? Or Yes, Doctor Strange they go back and forth a lot.
1: Doctor Strange, who's now had a movie, we all know who he is. He has lots of crazy spells and he calls upon entities. To give him power to then channel in facing his villains. So here's some examples of the Doctor Strange words that you would see in the 1960s. That he'll channel in his spells. The Crimson Bands of Sitterac, who, again, we see here he's an entity from another world who can give power to mortals. Uh, we also see things like the hoary Hosts of Hoggoth. That's my favorite. The Rings of Ragador, the Winds of Watum the shield of the Seraphim.
0: Because of course they all start with the same letters. Yes. It's all alliteration.
3: Yeah, Dr. Strange I mean. is all alliteration and rhyming. All his spells rhyme <laughs> back then too, which is That's what I call my Mr. B and B when I end up doing one, the Hoary Hosts of Packeth. Mm-hmm. Hoary meaning like
1: frost, Frosty. not Frosty. like <laughs> slutty. No, mine will be oh, hoary. <laughs> hoary. Iceman is hoary in a different way than you are hoary. Oh well. <laughs>
3: Later on, Iceman becomes a little bit hoory, but, you know. He,
1: yes. In the 2020s, Iceman's a little bit hoory. Uh, when Juggernaut grabs this ruby, what happens to him?
0: It gets activated.
1: He he gets Juggernaut powers, but then the he temple comes rolling. crashing down around him. Exactly
3: how many is uh, trillions of tons? A lot. I mean, a it's, lot of tons.
2: it's a little more than billions. Also, can I just also point out here that all of a sudden the Juggernaut is, like, shirtless. Like, what happened to his clothes? He like,
0: got too big and bulky for the him, rib- and he all ripped out- off. He
2: hasn't gotten the new Jugger outfit yet. Okay, because now mean, he has
0: Juggernaut strength, and so he bulked out, and his clothes were like, oh, nope, I'm out of here, peace.
3: Like, <laughs> like the whole... Con- yeah. He didn't go to the Juggernaut closet yet. pick yes. got his outfit.
1: There's a running joke with the character of Juggernaut, who's used quite frequently, frankly. Like, there's barely any way to defeat him but one of the ways to defeat him is to bury him under a whole shit ton of rocks or dump him in the ocean or transport him to another dimension and he spends years and years and months just like trying to climb out of quicksand or swim to the top of the ocean cuz he weighs too much like it's a it's a running joke with the character he gets his powers here and then he's trapped for like literally years he doesn't need to eat he doesn't need to breathe he's just stuck slowly climbing his way out from this giant pile of rubble like the poor
2: thing, mm-hmm. but if he's so powerful, I just have to say like he busted through the whole ice shield and all of that. And yet it takes him years to because it's tr-
0: trillions of tons. You, I don't think they you're didn't comprehending block what the
2: trillions. Mansion with trillions of tons of ice
3: oh, okay. and trillions of tons of branches. <laughs> <laughs> like there's
1: a difference between knocking over a dog gate or a building falling on you, dropping a mountain on someone.
0: I know you're weak.
2: What?
1: I don't know either. It's getting late, and I'm tired. Uh, so Juggernaut is creeping ever closer to the mansion. And the they
0: realize that they forgot one of their barriers, like one of the most classic ones that they didn't really have to do anything to prepare. They it's, didn't
1: do it. It's like a super strong, thick steel door. And the X-Men get weird. They are, like, about to die, but they all race to put the door
3: up first. Even when
0: they're all in mortal danger, those boys have to have a pissing contest. It was getting yeah. pretty
3: tense. They needed some comedic relief. But they could have just had Jean flick the switch from two yeah. rooms away. She's like, Beast, Iceman, and Angel
1: all run into each other with a wump, And then Beast kicks their booties out of the way with a fup and a buck.
3: <laughs> Great sound the
1: Uh we we get beast using another big word I had to look up. He says there now we can resume our little Donnybrook. Anyone know what a Donnybrook is? A story? It is a uh, an intense conflict oh. basically. I kind of want to use that word oh. in regular So no, is, is it like a kibitz? It's like a heated argument. It is not a kibitz, but okay. I think you can, bits, can kibitz during a Donnybrook. Yes. Can you bits during a kibitz? You can also secrete during a Donnybrook. <laughs> oh, okay. You can also
0: secret during a Donnybrook.
2: <laughs> you can secretly secret secrete. Secret Donnybrook. Okay.
1: <laughs> uh, so Beast kicks the door into place with a blonk again. We have amazing sound effects happening. And uh, they hope that uh, the juggernaut will not break through. But of course, with a few punches, he does. Obviously. Uh, he, Iceman builds another ice wall. The, the steel wall comes down with a crack, and the ice wall collapses with a... Uh, Mike Duven, do you want to do us uh, a, a sound effect there? Clanch.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's a
1: clanch. <laughs>
2: it's
1: like a clanch. Uh, right. <laughs> now, I wish the final page of this issue was just, like, one giant splash page of the attacking Juggernaut. That would be amazing. Instead, we see Juggernaut still fighting the teens, knocking them back, and then a teeny tiny image of him at the very bottom. Flinching <laughs> hard. <laughs> does he yes. does he look threatening to you when we finally get the big
2: reveal? He looks constipated. I mean, he's hard.
0: kind of big, and he is wearing his helmet, and so it's like, he could probably do some damage with that, but... Yeah. He doesn't look overly threatened. What does he
3: look like? Look at the color scheme. I I think the problem is that his feet are visible in the panel and he doesn't really look like he's towering over Charles. He just looks like he's kind of floating there in front of him. Yeah,
1: he looks like a potato.
3: (laughs) He really does. Like They don't really get their mass until later on, it looks like. He's also got
1: short shorts. Uh, But we will learn next issue. He is not smart, but he is very, very difficult to defeat. He's a, a formidable threat.
3: And I love the cliffhanger. Like...
2: The suspense building now what i mean you
0: gotta wait till the next issue sorry friends the other the other thing
2: is where did he get this outfit from to begin with <laughs> so it's the, like the, it's the, like the armor of Sidorak. the wardrobe of sidorac well he like had time to stop like he broke out and he was like so pissed off but he's like oh well, i need to get a new wardrobe hold on a stuck minute there
0: for so long maybe he got the wardrobe first and then decided to start breaking out
3: just like Amazon did. <laughs> oh, I, I think part of gaining the 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 power of Sidorak is you go on a shopping spree montage <laughs> with Sidorak in hell. Done so he he can summon this armor.
1: It's like the Sidorak armor. And he becomes immune to like he doesn't need to breathe or eat. He like we learn in this issue, he's resistant to gas and electricity, and he can punch through things, obviously. Uh, but he's also immune to telepathy. Professor X can't read his mind. He he can't control him, which he loves to do. He loves to just erase your brain. Yes, yes
0: he does. Which
1: he would do here if he
0: Charles is a dick.
1: What are your thoughts <laughs> of Juggernaut as a villain? Once we finally get the reveal.
2: Um, I think I was going to say I feel like we don't know enough about him actually in this issue, except for that he has lots of powers. He has red hair. Does, that he, is that does he still? Or
0: is he bald now? No, he yeah, still has right so...
2: <laughs> a hood on, so. Same.
0: I
1: think he's a very different type of villain oh, for yeah. the X Men. We have lots of, like, oh, there's a new threat, but this is the
3: first one with, like, ties to their past. This mm-hmm. like, is the first one that Charles that is, except for his expositioning endlessly, like, he's literally just terrified of. Yeah.
0: All the other ones, he's like, okay, we can can do this. And then this one, he's like, "Uh, I've been hiding from him for years.
1: (laughs) He does seem genuinely afraid in this one. Uh, If you think back to the issue, who's your star player this time? And did you have a favorite moment in this issue?
0: I don't feel like anyone really had a chance to do a whole lot. So I don't know about star player. Um, But just because it was mostly just xavier's story which is fine but i just don't feel like there was a whole lot that could help someone stand out as a star player for me but i did like the really random stories about kane that had nothing to do with anything and charles was mm-hmm. just telling even though the danger was imminently out the door <laughs> <laughs>
2: hold on i need to tell my story
1: uh if i had to choose a star player it's probably professor x in this issue i feel like he's the f- he vocal character familiar. he's what we get and my favorite panel because i think we've all been wanting to do it for a while even though he's a kid <laughs> is like <laughs> redheaded Kane just <laughs> swacking across Bri- or, uh, charles <laughs> across the face i feel like we've all wanted
3: to do that for a little while you want to hit child charles xavier no, i
0: mean no charles at any point in his life
3: I don't, I don't, I don't condone things. child abuse, but it you was from a child to a child.
1: <laughs> Mac, baby
3: Charles Xavier. I just,
1: I, I got a little satisfaction there, I will admit that. <laughs> Did you guys have a favorite moment or a favorite character?
0: See, I just can't, I just can't confess to having Charles Xavier as a favorite character at any point, And so I don't have a star player in this one.
2: <laughs> and, and like, I don't know, I can't. For me, there wasn't a favorite moment. There was just a lot of backstory.
1: Yes, there was a lot of backstory, but no favorite moment. Uh, how about for you, George Michael?
2: I don't know. The
3: uh, I think despite the constant expositioning, uh, the pacing was excellent. I think mm-hmm. the favorite moment was just the fact that they were actually able to bring suspense like that as he's coming closer and closer and closer to this outline of him as he finally breaks through. And then a cliffhanger, which I was a little surprised by. I'm like, oh, we're almost done with this issue. What is going to happen? It's the and first it's to be continued, yeah. frankly. Yeah. Like, I thought the the suspense was very well handled. Yeah.
1: It's a different type of storytelling. Now, uh, we we get to carry on with the Juggernaut's threat in the next issue. If you look at the next issue cover, what stands out to you for number
2: 13? We got hey, it. Who's the man that's on fire? It's, it's the, the Human, Human Torch, Torch from the
1: Fantastic Four. Okay. Fantastic
0: Four. We get a guest star. Is it just them or all the
3: fantastic? You'll see to be continued. <laughs> also, but if, if I was Rachel a
1: hurling just right at him. Yeah, He's we get we get, get a good image head. of the angel there. Uh, we if you if you're a 60s teen, you've been waiting for Iceman and the Human Torch to meet. Like you know, you know you've been waiting for that. <laughs> we still get kind of a side view of the juggernaut, but he looks clearly very powerful. Uh Thank you all for being here. We all seem kind of tired this evening. Yeah, sorry, I had a word. Everybody's waking up after a long day. It's our first evening recording, <laughs> but we hope you all enjoyed. Uh, this is uh, This is one of the classic, besides Magneto, this is like the first introduction of a real, true classic mm-hmm. villain. Blob qualifies, Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver qualify, but Juggernaut's one of the big names in the books. Uh, We know him from the video games. We know him from the cartoons. Uh, He's a huge character. He's joined to the X-Men at some points. Uh, He's even been a member of the team at some times. He's a a huge fan favorite, so it's really fun to go back and see him uh, in the original and to get some backstory for Professor X. Uh, So next issue, we get to see the teens uh, fight him back, Uh, and uh, it's going to be a lot of
0: fun.
2: Uh, any closing thoughts from you guys? I'm excited to see
0: where this goes.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of upset that I actually ended up the me. I'm like, well, now I
3: <laughs> Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, well, hey, thank you all for being here at Grand Malkin Lane. We'll see you next time with Where Walks the Juggernaut. Oh, 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 oh. He walks over there. He, he does. He, he, <laughs> and he keeps walking. Nothing stops him. He <laughs> walks <laughs> nice. the Juggernaut.
3: All right, we'll see you guys next time. Good night.